Ian Cinco is a New York City-based artist, comic book creator, and filmmaker. He has always been an artist, knowing at a young age he had a passion for comic book novels and film. Later in life, he earned a job at an education tech company as a video and animation designer, kicking off his career as a bona fide creative. Currently, he is working on making more art, particularly for his comics, as well as beginning his career as a tattoo artist. As a true renaissance man of the arts, Cinco's greatest ambition is to bring forth high quality and emotionally charged stories. Without further ado, let's get started. Started, so don't forget. Thanks for joining, man. How's your uh, morning coming along? It's uh, things have been uh, very hectic. Just doing event one event after another. Yeah, quite a bit. How was Saul's uh, event on Wednesday? That was Wednesday, right? Uh, Four twenty. Yeah, that was good. Thursday or something. Blue Point Brewery yeah. on Thursday. Yeah. Nice. Um, you a big beer drinker? Yeah, I am. Nice. Um, I always get excited whenever I hear a brewery. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a good time. But I don't like yeah. beer too much. I'll still drink the beer, but the idea of a brewery sounds so much more fun than drinking beer. I don't know. Uh, there, uh, they have a giant facility. Big parking lot. They actually set up a giant stage and had a whole series of bands playing it. It felt like you were at like a concert or something. That's awesome. And it was yeah, looking at some obviously it, it was four twenty, so there was like I would say ninety percent of the vendors were all weed vendors. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's like in Long Island. Like yeah, way up, way up deep, there. deep in the Long Island. Yeah, so it's funny every every time I talk to somebody from New York area, I, I'm on just I'm on Google Maps the whole time just to try to keep up with like, because to to you guys that's like almost a whole state worth of like stuff to do and places to go is all in that like I don't know decently small area. I'm down here in Texas, so I don't know anything about it. But um, oh, you're in Texas. Yeah, that's We're cool. in Texas, right? Yeah, Houston. Okay. Ace time. Yeah. Temporarily, you ever been to Texas? Many times, but not Houston. Been to Austin. I got exes in Texas, so I've been to Dallas, nice, Plano. Nice. I was hoping to go to San Antonio finally, but it's not happening this year. San Antonio is interesting. It's uh, it's like the eighth biggest city in the U.S. or something like that. Wow. It's a sleeper. But it's huge. Very. Uh, very good food, as you can imagine. And it's definitely, you get why Six Flags is from San Antonio, because you really can start to see all the different like uh, countries that Texas was kind of exhibited in San Antonio. It's like, yeah, it feels like it's a bunch of small towns that are all much together. It's, uh, it's just, it's an interesting place. Uh, I actually had no idea that Six Flags came from San Antonio. That's amazing. Yeah, so well, Six Flags refers to Texas, and I'm pretty sure it started in San Antonio. But yeah, you had the, the French, and then Spanish, and then the Mexicans, and then 
the Texans, and then the Confederate States, and then the United States. I think that's all all six, and that's the order that uh, people govern Texas. So yeah, we used to be French, which is crazy. And then we used to be Spanish. And then we were our own thing for a while. We were Mexican, so it's an interesting place. So yeah, you see all that in Texas. But anyways, yeah. uh, let me grab my thing. So when did you, when did you start in your art career? Um, well, choice of words, career, I would say that was, oh yeah. When did you start? It's hard, doing it's hard to say because, because I mean, I, I definitely made, I started, I was doing art my entire life. Um, I guess the story I've been telling is that it wasn't until like reading Calvin and Hobbes that I knew I loved comics and wanted to make comics. And it wasn't until I was like, I think senior in high school, I saw the thin red line and I also knew I wanted to make movies. Um, but as far as career goes, I was, I, I kind of was raised doing all kinds of weird jobs, uh, mainly construction. And after college, which I graduated in 2004, I was still working construction for quite a long time after that. Um, so I think my, my art career didn't really like start until I think 2012 or 2013 when I started working at this ed tech company and they hired me as a, a a videographer and I over time I changed that title to a video and animation designer and it was the first time in my life where I was you know making money uh, exclusively through creative endeavors and that's awesome um since since leaving that company I have I, I still do a ton of different jobs to make a living you know it's not my money's not coming purely from art but I am every year making more money for my art and when did I do my Kickstarter? I made a comic and I did a Kickstarter in at the end of 2021. So when I got paid for that, I, I made more money that year because of that Kickstarter from my art than I ever had. And it was significantly more. Um, so yeah, I'm every, every year I'm just kind of like creeping up and making, I'm, I'm currently going, going through a major career shift because I don't do video for a living at all anymore. I'm pretty focused on just art. And, okay. Uh, so yeah. What's been that transition away from video strictly to art? When you say what what's it been yeah what's it like what's what's been the big spur why why are you not going towards cinema or making movies and more towards exhibitions i definitely i definitely still want to make movies i uh when the pandemic hit my video work dried up overnight um i remember i did my last video job um i think it was the day of the the lockdown when they announced everything had to lock down I had been on a job, on an art fair job, um, when uh, there was a state of emergency declared in New York. We were afraid we were going to get shut down. We closed out that job. I did one last video job, and I remember, I remember that day, like it was a very distinct memory because it was, it was like overnight the subways were went from packed to empty, and overnight everybody went from just walking around to being, you know, with a mask and gloves and everything. And I walked into the job and, and the uh, the client sprayed me with Lysol when I walked through the door. And uh, yeah, literally overnight, I just, I had, I went from having lots of video work to zero video work. And That's I'm not so crazy. crying about it. I'm not, I'm like, I, I didn't love doing videography. I didn't love doing, I would say more than half of the video jobs I did. I, it wasn't what I, why I got into video. It wasn't to do these jobs. It was just the way I was making my living. And luckily, I was already sort of well transitioned into using my art again, um, not just for fun, but to make money. 
and to make all my products in addition to, you know, commissions that I get. So yeah, I've just been, I've just been sort of leaning into that. I'm about to pick up tattooing to be like a real solid artistic base to, to continue doing what I do and remain flexible and free to do what I do. Have you, have you, uh, done any type of tattooing in the past? No, not yet. Yeah. Do you have to get like certified for that or can you just kind of show up and people are like, yeah, screw it. You have to get a license. It's, it's like a health thing, you know, you can can kill people. You can get them infected and kill them. I think. Right. Um, that'll be, yeah, pretty bad. I mean, someone, it's probably happened to somebody out there. That's not good, but no, let's go and get a tattoo in some place in New York or wherever. Next thing you know, your foot's getting cut off. Uh, yeah. I don't have any tattoos. I don't think I'm cool enough. I really don't. Like, I feel like if I ever got a tattoo, I would get so self-conscious of it. I'd be like, why did I pick that? People think that I think this, I don't know, I'd get like super meta. And I just, I don't have any tattoos. Yeah, I got to get something small. I don't know. I have a, a friend, he's actually from San Antonio. And when he was in college, I forget what his exact major was, but he's a therapist now. And his thesis was all around that people only get tattoos when they're going through extreme uh, tumultuous trauma or, or, or turmoil and their lives are upside down. And it always bothered me, but like, I can't deny, like when I got my first tattoo, I was going through a really tumultuous time and it tends to, it, it, it could be true. I don't know, but I also yeah. love tattoos. You know, it makes sense that for the most part, for like the average person that, yeah, they usually get a tattoo because of life circumstances and they just, we're creative people and we got to like make something and kind of display it. So it's really beautiful and it's really human in that regard. Um, but I just, yeah, I haven't gone through anything like that, I guess my, if I ever go through any type of hardship or whatever, and it's not now like college sucks, but it's a white, you know, first kid problem, first world problem. Um, yeah, I wasn't thinking like, Oh, I'm going to get a tattoo. I thought I wanted to get a tan. But that was about it. That was the only expression. Be like, yeah, I'm just outside a lot. Um, I did a lot of triathlons too, but that is one that I would get a tattoo for. But I ended up doing an Ironman, especially Kona. Um, then which we'll see if that ever happens. Super, super hard. Uh, just like get in the race. But they have a tattoo tent allegedly right after the finish line, and that's where everybody gets that little Ironman tattoo. Like, that'd be cool. It's kind of like a rite of passage thing, but I respect it on other yeah. people and. A lot of the artists that I've interviewed, um, they start off with graffiti, then they go into tattoos, and then they go into paintings. And that's kind of like a big, you know, um, one, two, three punch, I guess, with a lot of people. I'm doing, I'm doing it exactly the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, I mean, hey, as long as it's uh, doing all three, I think is the biggest. Because being able to do some type of art on somebody's body is pretty crazy to think about you know on top of just being healthy and having like a good design it's making sure that all of the lines are perfect and the depth is perfect and the color choice because once it goes in like it's kind of in there right it's not yeah it's not really the easiest eraser with those things no Um, so do you do you have uh well i guess you haven't started with the tattooing just yet yeah not yet i can't really comment I, i wouldn't I could say things, but I probably shouldn't talk too much about it yet because Tattoo World is very serious about doing it correct and not not you know ruining it for everyone else. So I don't want to right. say anything. 
So overall, though, like you've, you've been pretty artistic your whole life. When did you know that this was going to be how you'd earn a living? Like legitimately? Uh, I definitely. So like, like I said, I started really young with like, I was, I was just had art around me um, and music and, you know, just was raised with the arts. But I do, I do remember, I don't know exactly what age, but I was in, I think, high school when I, I was like, I am an artist. I'm not going to be an athlete. I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm going to be an artist. And that's how I'm going to make my money. Um, I was, I was, I was very young when I committed to that. And I didn't at all fully understand the repercussions of that commitment. <laughs> I had no idea, but, you know, as opposed to some other people who, you know, they came to that conclusion later, I, I came to it pretty early. And, um, and now I am living with those repercussions and those consequences. <laughs> what, what sparked <laughs> I wouldn't, you I wouldn't that do. thought? Was it's like school spot. sucked or, you know, something happened that you're like, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm an artist. I'm going to do creative. Like yeah. where you do, you take a test and you're like, dude, I'm not, I'm just not going to be a doctor. Like I'd much rather sell, sell my own paintings. Or, There's probably a lot of, a lot of like moments that all led up to it. And even after it, I feel like it's a constant re-evaluation and rebirth and re, re, I don't know, rethinking of the whole thing. Um, but, but at that time when I was a kid, I definitely, I do remember like I was, I was very, very small. I, I wasn't like wildly picked on, but I was like isolated and small, and, and I, I never felt like I fit in when I was a kid. I'm glad to say I'm over all that nonsense. But like, when you grow up like that and you're anti stat like I remember in the '90s being anti-establishment was like a real. It, it made sense. Whereas like now, like I don't know, the establishment is becoming all the cool things too. I just I just remember like life being banal and and society being just full of thoughts that that I didn't conform to and didn't agree with and. And I knew, like I said, I, I, I really thought I, I wanted to be an athlete, actually. Like, I really did want to be Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, but, nice. But I was smart enough to realize it just wasn't happening. And, um, or at least, I don't know, I hate to say smart enough, because when you set your mind to things, I, I do believe people can do almost anything. But, um, but I loved, I really just loved art. It really, it really just came down to that, like, in this, in like, this world where things were, ugly and terrible or, or cruel i just found like solace solace in art and um and i found it, in, it infinitely um interesting you know and it's true to this day like um it just the the depth of appreciation just keeps like widening and um it, it is a gift that keeps giving whether it's the mm -hmm. art you're making or the art that you're appreciating and just the artists that you're discovering or or discovering you yeah yeah, it's funny with the athlete thing because I feel like most people feel that like in eighth grade, like every dude's like, I think I'm going to be an athlete. I'm pretty sure I'm good enough because we're only around like, what, 100 other dudes our age in our class, you know, maybe like 300 kids total that we know that are within a few years of us, which is just, it's pretty funny. And I, I had that thought in eighth grade of like I was walking to the gym after school to like get in my extra workout. And I just remember thinking, you know, I'm a lot better at tests and essays <laughs> than I am at sports, like a lot better. And I was like, dude, everybody's trying to try to be a professional athlete. None of yeah. us, not, none of us are going to be a professional athlete. And I remember thinking I was so damn smart for like, I could point to the parking lot, the spot in the parking lot where I was like, yeah, that's, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a smart kid. I'm going to do like all AP, get like really good grades. 
and I'm not really going to focus on sports that much. And sure enough, got really good grades and career. I should have just quit pretty much sports at that time. But I love sports uh, overall. Like I would always consider, I think it's kind of off topic, but not really. Um, there's arts to life and uh, everybody should be, because we are all something um, or a lot of different things. So, you know, I'm, I still do athletic things. I like to do triathlons. I'm doing jujitsu. Um, I like to do anything that's physical, even if it's just golf. Love it. Still an athlete still work out, still consider myself like I'm an athlete, right? I'm just not a professional athlete, but I'm still a human who pushes themselves in this beautiful physical art form of sports. And then also I want to start painting more. So I've been doing a little bit more painting, a little bit more drawing and hope to kick that up because also because I'm human, I'm an artist as well. And so being able to like, I don't know, hold into all those things, it comes back and to help you and whatever else you go into down the road. So I love the idea that, you know, we are, we're all artists and um, creatives and philosophers and, um, you know, musicians or whatever that I just like the idea yeah. of humans creating. Um, I, uh, right. I, I expressed that recently in a little mini doc that I was in. And when I put it, it just came out last week and when it posted, and when I say that I specifically, the fact that I, I believe there's an artist in everybody and I, somebody, I don't even know who it was. They commented like, that is certainly not true. Let's not take away from artists. Let's not take away from you because that's not true. But when I say that, like, I just, I, I really do believe it. I think most people have an artist in them. And um, yeah. I think, I think it's less of like, are you born an artist? And more of like, do you fall in love with it? Do you choose to do it? Do, do you desire it enough to do it? You know? Right. Yeah. And most people probably don't, but mm -hmm. um but it is cool to, I think it's super cool to be creative and then create income for yourself that propagates that creativity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Obviously that's why I'm doing this podcast. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so how, how, how would you say that you ba balance your creative work with the business aspects of your career, like marketing, you have a pretty good Instagram following. You see like, seem like you're networking and going all over Long Island and Manhattan and all those different places. Um, yeah. And also you yeah, like your financial management. So how do you handle both those sides of being creative, but also being kind of right brained or whatever? I, uh, I mean, full disclosure, I'm not killing the financial game right now. I've had a series <laughs> of bachelor parties and travel that that's just knocking me out. Um, that's again, why the tattoos yeah. are going to be a big difference, but I, I don't know. I mean, I've always been really good at just selling if I, if, especially if it's my art, I'm just good at selling myself. And, um, and I also have, I have a history of like being good at just managing money and saving it. And now I'm investing it. Um, because just putting it in a bank, is just kind of wasting. Um, um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I could always, I have a lot more to learn for sure, but I, I feel like the basics of it of just like selling and, and, I feel I feel like I think of money more as as like something that needs to flow. Um, the concept of saving it, I feel like, is uh, not for everybody and not for me. Like I need to I need to build a uh, company that has constant flow of money, like constantly making new art, new products, constantly selling them, constantly replenishing the stock and the inventory. Um, and it's a balancing act. And and like when you're in my position, you're still trying to build it up. So. I can't say I got like the, the super solid flow going yet, 
And that is mm-hmm. that is how I look at, at my financial future. It's it's like I don't I don't want to be sitting on the money. I want the money to be constantly moving. So I'm constantly mm-hmm. making more and um and build a team. I don't really have a solid I have like great people in my life that helped me when I really need it, but I'm operating pretty solo, especially with the art. Like when I was in video, I could hire a team depending on the budget, but yeah, my art is really it's just me and all the business is just me. And mm-hmm. it's uh it's it's hard it's hard to balance it like they are they are different different sides or different like neural passageways it's to like spend a morning on the finances it's it's like it feels like a big hurdle to switch to the creative side um but yeah i power through i just i just look at everything like um like it feels impossible but it's not you just gotta punch through from one to the other and Mm -hmm. uh Having, you know, having a dog is, is that, that's like, it's good because she gets me to get up when I'm hunched over all day and like I get outside, but, um, but it's like the day, the days just are flying by. It's, it's nuts what's going on with my life right now. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trading it in. I'm, I'm not complaining, but it's, it's just like, I wake up and next thing I know, it's like, it's time to pass out and get as much right. sleep as possible. If any, like I, I, have, I still have a sleeping problem and I still have a problem where jobs in life are putting me in situations where i can get very little sleep um i say still because that that is like that's my history i've been when i was younger i would like love to not sleep just so i could get as much work done as possible you know my day job that was when i was doing a hardcore full-time day job and then i would come home and make music videos at night and i prided myself in like averaging three to four hours of sleep but that was that's terrible that's so unhealthy and i don't i don't promote that you know um i promote health and well-being so if if you can but sometimes you gotta sleep. sacrifice those things you, you just do like there's no easy way around it i'm such a baby with sleeping like i mean i mean i like i i can't talk very well if i don't sleep like, i don't know what happened to me as a kid but dude and i am the most like I, I could get really grumpy. It's pretty sad. Like if I'm ha- hangry or if I'm tired, it's like all the worst parts of my personality come out. So props to you. I mean, if you can get away with less sleep, that's incredible. But get it, I mean, getting I slept, away is the right way to put it because I, because I'm not good at it. Nobody's good at it. It's yeah. not. We're not meant. We're not meant to speak sleep deprived. There are some people. I mean, there's some genetic stuff going on with sleeping, and I, for whatever reason, I got none of those extra alleles that code for proteins to help mm. your body clean up while you're awake like i gotta be passed mm. out like last night i went to bed at 1207 or something and which is just so late on on the week weekdays because i'm such a bitch i can't handle it so today i mean just getting up at eight was like oh my god like gosh yeah i gotta do this i gotta wake up get some coffee and uh yeah so bad um anyways enough about that um so okay, so but you're you're clearly good at like marketing and networking, and that's how you promote yourself, which is your brand to sell art. Do you have any like suggestions with that, or do you think it's mainly just kind of personality based? I definitely believe in everyone being unique and there not being a one size fits all solution. But um, I just feel like it's it's obvious where we're at right now. Like social media is where all the eyes are. So, you know, I understand it's not always the greatest for a lot of people's health and well-being um me included but it's where you got to go and it's yeah. the fact that it is still mostly free i mean it kind of sucks that instagram is 
switch to this algorithm where you got to boost to get eye, new eyes on your stuff. That's, that's a bummer. There's no, there's no organic growth there. And even though TikTok is like, I'm seeing everybody build these massive followings on TikTok. I don't see it really converting. And I still see, a, I still see like the true following, or I feel my true following at least is on Instagram and not TikTok. Although I'm trying to grow everything. I just try to use all of it, even Twitter, which I've never really been able to. I know a lot of people like really kill the Twitter game. I've never really figured out how to use Twitter to my advantage. Like I, I just I throw, I feel like I'm just pissing in the wind on Twitter. Um, but yeah, all, all the social medias I think are valuable. And, um, and even though it's like, it's got that negative side, I, I just remind myself all the time that before that, like, what would I have been doing before that? I don't even know. I would have been pouring money into promotional things that might not lead to anything. I feel like there's a direct, uh, I can, I can see what, what my effort is, is, uh, my F my marketing efforts are, are pulling, you know? But again, I don't feel like I'm killing the marketing game, to be honest with you. I think I am just really good at like being on social media. I think I have a lot to learn. 20%. Yeah, I think I have a lot to learn when it comes to marketing still. And I don't I don't really want to talk about NFTs too much, but I have been a part of quite a few NFT projects at this point. And what I learned from them is like they're just they have like when I would join these teams, there would be like one marketing person. But by the time we launched, there would be like five people marketing. You know, and I asked, and I, I feel like the majority of their marketing was was cold call DMs, which is the worst. It's the worst. Like you get those those spammy DMs, but I guess it worked for them, you know, and because a lot of these projects made a lot of money. Um, I feel like those people that respond to the, I don't know NFTs, the whole thing. I don't even consider it art. It's just images uh i don't know it's crazy it's like a technology it's probably meant for something completely different but they use it for images and for uh digital art and it's just money laundering i don't know it seems pretty it has, I mean, it has I think, a lot of potential applications but yeah died yeah um yeah marketing's a pain in the ass i suck at it i i hate it i mean instagram's the best i think for artists because it's got you know you just see a video of some artist painting and then they put a little reel together. I don't have TikTok. It seems like it'd be a slippery slope, but I can see how certain artists really do well there. And then Instagram seems like a good place for like galleries and like critics or whatever. But I, don't, I mean, not Instagram, Twitter. But I don't. I don't do Twitter either. It's just Instagram, and I just have an Instagram. Just don't even really do anything with there. But um, but I could tell by looking at yours that. You definitely built up like a good following probably just from you know getting out there every day getting in, into shows meeting people yeah and connecting and so it's pretty cool yeah it's um, been a slow climb it's been a very slow like I, I i know i know the majority of my following like it's i don't even consider following it's like friends and family and associates you know mm -hmm. so whenever you're selling any of your art um just to clarify, you do sell paintings, right? Or like some type of you know physical art that I sell on your yeah. So how how do you? I even sell NFTs. There we go. I'll buy one. How do you approach negotiations or pricing for your art? So the original art, I have a hard like. I don't sell anything for less than three hundred dollars. You know, there might be some exceptions to that if it's a small piece, if it's a family member or friend. Or trade. I trade with other artists. 
but like it's a hard 300 is my lowest price for an original work but that's but if it's like once it starts getting big the price goes up and and i had an experience where i i have this series called strange towers and they're these 10 foot tall paintings right and they're cool and i really like them and at first it was five thousand dollars the first one i did was a stack of babies and i i charged i was charging five thousand dollars for it and then i got it into group art show and there was going to be a 40 60 split between me and the gallery so i raised the price to eight thousand dollars and then i put it in another show and i was just like you know what? i really really like this piece maybe it's maybe it's twelve thousand dollars you know and and I just kept feeling like because I love that piece so much um, that it was worth a little bit more. And then there was one day where this guy just came up and he was like licking his lips, looking at it, and he asked me the price. And I I, I stuttered a little bit. I was like, "It's twelve. I said, "I think twenty five thousand dollars." And he's like, "Oh, you, I, I see you. You stuttered. You have to know." And he started lecturing me. And just because uh, I was like, I was just like not in the mood to hear the lecture. In my mind, I was just like, this painting is now $250,000. And it is. <laughs> and I'm not, and like people think that might sound ridiculous, but I don't even want to sell the towers. I want to have like an epic show in the future where I have 25 towers in a room. It's going to take a few years to get to that level. So for now, those paintings are $250,000. I might bring the price down after the show or at the show. But, um, but yeah, so it's like, it's every piece is different. Like I will have pieces. I've sold a few pieces for over $3,000. And that's like a great feeling. Um, but that's, a, that you know, people don't have a ton of money and I'm not necessarily connected in the gallery game yet. So my, my clientele is primarily looking for lower price points. So that's why I have like a whole fleet of products. I have an art book called Erratica. And for $40, I do a custom drawing inside. And it's it's a thick book. It's, it's a 556-page uh, art book. And... Um, and I have more volume, more volumes of that coming. Um, it just kind of collects everything I do in black and white for cheap. And oh, wow. eventually I'll make like a nice color art book. That's not a priority in my life right now because I'm more focused on making this graphic novel happen. I have one issue of my comic out right now. So I'm selling, I'm selling my comic. I'm selling my art book. I have stickers, magnets, shirts, merch, you know, all that stuff. Prints, art prints. So like, if you like the stack of babies, I can do a, a life-size recreation of the stack of babies, you know? Or mm -hmm. I forget how much a ten dollar print costs. It's not a cheap one, but it's not two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I like your but style. Yeah. It does seem it seems very. Uh, I like the eyeballs in particular. Kind of uh, God, I need oh, to work you. on my description for art because I really don't know the words. But it seems very comic-y, very organic-y, and uh, yeah. I like the eyeballs. I'm, I think that's uh, cool. I'm, I'm fine with the description comic-y. People, people like I don't really like being called an illustrator. When people call me an illustrator, I kind of go. Ugh. But uh, I, I actually came up with a name for my art. I call it metaphysical expressionism. But uh, that's, I like it. Yeah. If that's if that's too pretentious, like I'm a cartoonist, but I'm also a painter. You know, I really like painterly paintings. I love uh, thick paint and and like expressive paint. Um, but I love everything. So like, as far as like when I'm as an art appreciator, I really do love like all art. And I don't, I, I find myself trying to, like when I was younger, I would be like, this is better than that. This is better than that. But I find myself not doing that at all anymore. And I really just appreciate all art and mm -hmm. I'm inspired constantly by art and artists and how they do it and all the details. I think this cat tower is pretty impressive. 
be cool to like sell yeah, sell some pieces that have to do with uh like you could print make prints of that and sell that big with like a copy I of do. your comic book i do that okay yeah. perfect yeah yeah i mean if somebody makes a big purchase from me they get my art book and my comic for free you know if you buy if you buy a painting for a lot of money or art or a bunch of art prints i'm i, I hook people up right i know that i feel like at this stage of my career i don't need to be like super um I don't know what's the word uh tight with every sale and every every penny I, right. I feel like i do need to but i have learned too like because i've given out i don't know how many i don't have a count but i've given out a lot of copies of my comic and i have not seen those that turn into people following or anything so it's like it's true what they say if you don't put a value on it people don't value it either you know if you just give things away people treat it like trash right whereas if if they have to give you money they're gonna they're gonna value it and respect it more yeah it's definitely the catch-22 um i'm working on a different startup uh that a company that i join and we're it's a customer service portal and uh mm. it's just you know it's it's always that way that of course we're desperate we want anybody to use it and just to get the use up and help us like yeah. iron out any of the issues and just solidify the application answering the questions develop it further you know we want want it out in the real world and uh but yeah, we can't tell people like just use it for free because then it seems like it's not good enough. It's like what? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely that that catch twenty two. When you say uh, what what is it? Is it for a specific business or industry, or is it for anyone? Yeah, so so I have this Freeman Art Company. It's um, the podcast is tied in with the startup that I'm trying to get off the ground. I'm just mm. so poor right now, and my day job. I got a new new day job. I'm trying to get that ramped up. But anyways. Uh, the goal is artwork as a service for businesses and corporations. So if you're an energy company and you have some boring ass office and some high rise in Houston, uh, you don't want to spend money on buying art and hire some art dealer. Like, what are you doing? And it's not an investment to buy like a $15,000 painting from some Houston artist. And I don't know. I just, I just feel like an easier solution is let's get local artists. Let's get local businesses. And we'll do basically a rental model and every six months we'll come through and we'll switch it out with something new. And then the goal is for us to have our, uh, have our own collection with as Freeman art company that we rent out. And then if a customer asks for anything special or original or one-off, then we incorporate the other artists, but really let it be a software that people with a lot of art can use to deploy that art. Uh, so if you're an artist that has 50 paintings in your studio, you can't really sell them, but you want to make some money on it instead of giving it to a cafe uh, for free. <clears throat> I mean, they're just ripping off people. It never sells. Let's go ahead and try to find someone, even in the like one of your friends that would be willing to rent the piece for 15 bucks a month. So then before you know it, six months later, you've earned like $75. You pay back your cost of goods sold. Plus, you know, now the valuable things up anyways so that's that's real quick what it's, it's renting is. it's renting art you're saying right you're yeah it's like subscribing it. to a service where mm -hmm. you will have rotations of art it's a monthly rental fee but um just to be technical, right I guess, yeah yeah right, thank you i appreciate it so yeah um so anyways that's what bringing our company is but i joined a startup and um at one point dude it was like on the crust on the cusp of, of uh closing a really big deal with a company in california i had like flown out to la pitched them and everything 
but it's a customer service portal for machine manufacturers. So basically you go into a grocery store, you see all of the um, packaged everything. Machines did that. So you have a machine that makes the dough for the noodles and another machine that flattens it, another one that cuts it, another one that dries it and puts in the packages, puts the packages together into bundles, palletizes it, and then puts it on a shipping container. So that's like, that's a whole entire flow of all these different types of machines that handle each one of those processes. And so one machine uh, part breaks on one particular machine, the noodle maker machine, then the whole line isn't making noodles. And so you're not, you're not shipping out any product. And then to get that part, you got to call some company in Japan or Italy or whatever. And so there's a time difference, language difference, currency difference, uh, cultural difference. They might have a holiday. So before you know it, it's two weeks before you get your small little bearing or whatever to put it back in the machine, get the thing back up and running. And you have a low profit industry. So like it's just a nightmare and it costs a lot of money every year just because a part breaks and the machine doesn't work. So our whole entire thing is to be proactive and preventative. So basically customers get onboarded that each machine that they have, we upload or they upload their serial specific, like any of the information they got from the OEM uh, or the machine manufacturer does it directly. So that at the end of the day, you can just scan the machine itself, go on, see like, okay, this is, you can have it a CAD view, explode it out. You find the part that you need, you click it, you say, add to cart. And then you can go ahead and just say recur this order every six months so that it's on stock and stock and then boom you're done you press order you don't have to call anybody you don't have to email anybody you didn't have to figure out so it basically makes self-checkout for a really complex mechanical machine and uh, so that's the idea and uh everybody loves it but we're either too sophisticated for the small players that don't have like any other it at all on deck or they don't have any nomenclature any tab of who has what serial number machine they have nothing they just make the machine sell it and it's just a dumpster fire and other people that are really successful that are like buying up all these crappy companies they're too sophisticated so they want like api integration and extra security protocols and all this stuff anyways that's where um that's that's the thing i'm working on i don't even know where i was going with this but um it's a nightmare uh it's interesting though how many people are trying to solve problems through with technology and, and interfaces and mm-hmm. platforms and things yeah yeah so yeah, we're at a point where if someone were to get on board like a pepsi or somebody as a customer and be like yeah we want to manage our machines better and there's no software that does this which is mind-blowing um then we're like we're good we're, de- we're like if pepsi or any big company or any big machine manufacturer uses us then the way it, i mean let's say one machine manufacturer gets on board and then one of their customers is Pepsi. Another one's Anheuser-Busch. Another one's some small brewery in Long Island or whatever. And so before you know it, you get all these different levels of businesses, all these people on board and they're like, yeah, we love this. And then each of them want to introduce us to another OEM. So that's why we're like, dude, well, I'll just price it for free. But anyways, I'm rambling. I'll edit that out. Um, No, no, don't don't edit it out because it's on the topic of, uh, people don't find value in things you give away for free. They think of it as yeah. a giveaway and they're like, they're more likely to trash it than they are to use it and care about it. Yeah. And then it's, it just feels weird. Like putting a big price. We actually put uh, yeah, a quarter of a million was the price tag for like a lifetime usage, which we, at mm-hmm. the time we even felt was like kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. 
but it's uh yeah a year later we're like dude just take it <laughs> so, yeah um all right so uh especially for like the comic books and stuff do you run into like have you thought about any intellectual property rights or anything to protect your creative work or is that kind of already taken care of uh, by the fact that you just create it it's pretty obvious that you did it it's a scary thought because I'm probably going to be fine for the short term, but in the future, if I have any success, I need, I probably need to uh, trademark and nothing, nothing is going to protect, nothing can protect you from people ripping you off and, and, or uh, accusing you of ripping them off and you could end up in court or whatever, you know, but the work is, is automatically copyrighted by the, when you create it, like right. that's, you don't, you don't even have to register it with the library of Congress. Although I registered my art book with the library. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I do think about it like it's it's ridiculous for my, me to compare myself to uh eastman and laird the creator of the teenage mutant ninja turtles it's i'm not comparing myself to them at all but they they went through hell like once they once they popped off and became one of the most internationally famous ips of all time they found themselves being sued and suing because they were they were being ripped off left and right and people were accusing them of ripping them off left and right so they were they were tied up in legal battles and their life became very miserable between running this this empire and not and and fighting all these lawsuits the two of them weren't creative at all anymore you know they they went through a phase of their life where they they couldn't draw they couldn't write they, they just their life got really crazy stressful hard um but yeah i don't i don't know like as far as my life goes like i don't really think i have to worry about that right now i just i'm just focused on making the things and um like i said it is automatically copyrighted i'm interested in getting more trademarks um or I, I don't have any trademarks uh i'm not sure exactly how to do it all the research i've done into trademarking it's quite expensive i've heard people tell me there's ways to do it cheaply but i haven't figured it out yet so we'll see yeah it's a whole different level yeah it's a yeah. catch-22 is like at what time do you switch over into doing that type of stuff with your art because up to a certain point it's really just extra work yeah uh, you know might not i don't know do something yeah um so do you have you already kind of mentioned it um do you so you have plans on diversifying your income with uh, the tattooing are you hoping that that feeds back into selling more art or doing more of your other uh creative endeavors or are you trying to do the opposite of diversifying really just hone in on one thing and make that like kind of your bread and butter before you branch back out i feel like i don't know if what i'm doing right now is diversifying i'm in a stage where i'm just trying everything i'm just saying yes to everything I'm, um but as far as uh the tattooing goes i i didn't think about it that way like it could lead to I'm sure if I give someone a tattoo, they're going to, it's going to be an intimate relationship, you know, and that I found that my, most of my buyers uh, or collectors are people who are artists themselves and people who really like really specifically fuck with the kind of art that I make. So I do, I do feel like maybe that is, that could be considered a diversification and then some cross crossing over could happen. Um, yeah. Uh, how do you stay organized and prioritize all of your tasks or is part of the fun not being organized? No, I like to be organized. I'm, I feel like um, 
not like there's been times in my life where I really need to be very on top of my calendar and my list, my list making. Lately, I I'm like super super busy, but it's not it's not like overwhelming in the sense that like I can't keep track of it with just simply putting it on a calendar. Um, and I'm not and because I'm so busy with events, I'm not like waking up every day and having to knock off a hundred things off a to do list. But I love I love like making a list before bed, you know. And I do keep like spreadsheets of of you know income outcome, you know money coming in and going out and and. Even just like who I'm communicating with, whether it's comic stores or um, uh, my, my mind's a little blank right now. I'm not a big morning person, but um, uh, but yeah, it's like I, I I I do think I do think I, I love organization. And I'm always trying to find better systems and better ways to be organized. I don't I don't celebrate being that like uh, free spirited artist who just goes with the wind. Like I, I think the wind will knock you down, and it'll ultimately hurt your career if you don't have a business sense and an organization to what you're doing. And so, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I feel like I've had a, in the past when I was younger and I didn't know what the hell I was doing, I would do some really stupid level organization, like spend the night color coding things. And, and it was unnecessary. And like, that didn't go anywhere. That wasn't helpful. You know, like, right. I've, 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 I've definitely done some really uh, humorous organization that was super unnecessary. Like overplanning to a fault. Like I've made I've made roadmaps for movies and business plans for mo- films and and um and I can't say it's useless because I just I haven't made the films yet so I don't know how useful right. they are but I feel like it, I feel like it's super useful to to sit down and be like this is development this is pre production this is production these are all the steps and when I did that I just uh, it was it was life changing because uh, just making movies monumentally overwhelming compared to like making art art is like art is so simple compared to making movies. Um, but, but yeah, doing, doing that was, was, uh, really opening, And I, I would like to think that that level of organization will come in handy when I finally do try to make those movies. Uh, cause I, I literally, I, I feel like I, I, if you follow those steps, it'll, like finding the money is, is a big problem, but if you follow all those steps, you're more likely to follow find the money, you know, mm-hmm. people want to believe in, in, uh, not just that you're going to make their money back. They want to believe in you. And if you're if you're not organized and you're a bad communicator, you're you know this, this, it doesn't matter for artists. But if you're a filmmaker artist, uh, it really matters. You gotta you gotta really get people to believe in you and the fact that you're gonna give them a return on investment. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the the planning almost becomes a art form of itself. I'm surprisingly mm-hmm. really bad at it at planning. Obviously, I'm not an artist, which is kind of even more surprising. But um, I yeah, it's. Um, it's something that I've always been surprised with. I think I've, I've like never was exposed to being an artist or being a creative as a kid. And, um, but I think that's what I was kind of like where my mindset was considering some of my personality traits and everything. And, but it's funny with, yeah, just organizing, just going overboard or like, yeah, color coding stuff or just going so to, to such an extreme level where it's like you're working on like a, t- a part of your organizing task is like organizing the organizing task becomes so it meta. That it's it's like, so meta. <laughs> yeah. And then it just gets like overwhelming and you're like, well, the whole point of this is really just to get a yes or a no for sales. And so here I am trying to follow back up with someone who already said, no, what am I doing? Like color coding or gauging their interest. They said, no. So it's just, it's just being realistic. And I don't know. It's um, I think anybody's going to struggle with, with that type of thing. Uh, but yeah, being organized is 
I mean, absolutely paramount uh, in any regard, especially if you're a true aunt, just full out like crazy artist. You still have to be organized um, to some degree. Um, yeah. So have you uh, been, have you talked to like any type of agents or managers or anybody that, um, I mean, I know that you're collaborating with Bermeo, but is there any, are there any like other agencies or groups that you would like to partner with or do anything along the lines of that? Or are you really just trying to continue with what you have right now? Uh, there, there's definitely a lot of people and organizations I want to partner with. Um, but the state I'm in right now, I've, I've pulled back from film. I've pulled back from a lot of things I was pursuing to sort of just focus on a comic, really. So for me, my the only thing that's really in my mind is Image Comics is the publisher that I want. You know, like they're this anomaly in the world, not just the comic world, but in the world period where they help publish you. They get you out into the world, but you own your IP outright. They don't, they take zero ownership of it. And what was it called again? Image Comics. And um, yeah, that's like, but, but with that being said, like I am a part of a lot that's going on right now. So there are a lot of partners that I, I don't know if I could say I officially have them, but there's a lot of people I'm partnered up with right now. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see where life goes, you know, cause I, I do still want to make movies and that's where partnering will be paramount. Like, I don't, I don't feel the pressure to partner up as just myself as an artist, really. Um, I do want to grow. So I would like potentially an agent or manager or gallery. Um, but that's not where my head is at the moment. I think where my head is at the moment is continue to grow my product lines, fix the SEO on my website, start making more online sales, and just really like continue to build my own strong foundation before I uh, pursue partnerships on a big level. But I'm open. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I'm kind of saying yes to everything right now. So if somebody comes to me with a proposition, I'm very open-minded at the moment. Do you know any other comic book creators? I do. I uh, the cool thing about getting back into comics because I was kind of when I got into movies, I got really obsessed with it, and I I got into them in college when I couldn't even afford to buy comics, so I got very far away from comics. So it was kind of this like miraculous, beautiful moment in my life where I started getting back into them again, and having made finally made my own, going to comic conventions, it's it's not like the film industry, which is much bigger and spread out it's like very small and you can really know everyone and or at least know the majority of the people and it's been amazing just in the last year going around to these cons and talking to all the all my heroes and you know sometimes it's true like you'll meet a hero and they're in a bad mood or they're just not interested in you and it's a little disheartening but the majority of people i've talked to who are my heroes have been super supportive and they're like ready to help me um it's really just like, I have to help myself. I have to make more. I have to figure out more of my own before they can do anything for me. You know, like all they can really do is just blast me out on their own social media or email channels. But like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a small world. It's not, it's not, a, mm-hmm. it's very like, I feel like you walk out into a convention floor and, and, and like, I, I have the knowledge growing, having grown up with comics and been super obsessed with it. Like I know who's who, I know who to talk to. I know where to go. Um, and and uh, you know i'm learning more about i'm catching up on what what's happened since i left it behind um but yeah just this last year alone i feel like i've uh reconnected on a major way to the comic industry good 
If you had to choose comics or tattoos, which would you go with? Comics, but um, but I'm not I'm not choosing. I'm going to do both. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. No, comics comics are my love. There's no there's no. Like I don't really even care to read them. I'll admit that I collect comics just because I like the art. You know, I feel like I oh really a, a better storytelling sense than um the majority of comics out there because of how hard I've studied cinema and screenwriting. Um, there's not there's not a high there's not the highest standard of storytelling in comics. Although some of the best stories have been told through comics, like Akira is one of the most legendary things of all time. It's like flawless. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I, th I think, uh, comics, comics don't have the, the greatest writing, but that doesn't matter because we love the art and there's no shame in that. And I, I promote that because people will shame you for having a stack of comics to read this big. And I say, fuck that, man. Like I got 90% of those because the artists are the phen most phenomenal artists on earth, you know? <laughs> like, that's cool not to shout yeah, I, I think i think writing is super important but yeah i need to read more and so maybe a comic book is a good sorry i kind of like the easier reads anyways mm -hmm. i don't rather just look yeah. at the pictures and focus on the cool yeah. artistry yeah if you if you like something don't let people shame you out of it yeah <laughs> yeah is there anything that you want to uh tell the listener before we wrap things up sure uh believe in yourself you know like look look inside and like i I, th I feel like it's really difficult to find your path in life and you're gonna get thrown all kinds of curveballs so it's like really hard to find your find your path in life um it's there's there's all kinds of curveballs and roadblocks and and every now and then someone really dangerous enters your life and you got to look out for that but but the key the key is to just like try things experiment try everything and and go towards the things that, that interest you and you love. And, and even more important is like to, to really figure out like in the process of doing all that, like what, what your soul is telling you that you want to do. Um, cause I got away from that. Like, I don't regret all the decisions I made in life. I think everything is accumulated to make me who I am and make me the powerful person that I am. But you know, the sooner you can figure out what you want to do, the better <laughs> it's undeniable. Right. But uh, people put a, put a lot of pressure on themselves. You don't need to do that. You can, you can fuck up. It's okay. Like this concept of this is your make or break moment. Don't let anybody tell you that. It's not true. Um, the, the things that will break you is if you're a shitty person and you're treating people terribly. That's bad. But like if you fuck a job up, you could still get hired, you know? And like if, if you do a bad, bad piece of art, you can not show it to anybody or paint over it and make another one that same day. Um, but as far as like uh, my stuff goes, you can find all my stuff online. My social medias are all IAN underscore CINCO, Ian underscore Cinco. Um, my website is iancinco.com. I'm working on building up my online store right now. You can buy my art book and my comic on my website. Um, otherwise, just DM me. Like I do a lot of sell selling through DMs right now, which is not the most efficient way, but that's currently where I'm at. But I definitely this year am looking to beef up my online store and figure out all the SEO and write blog entries and get more attention or traffic on my website. But yeah, I'm like, I'm out there and I like, I like being a part of things. So, you know, you can find me out in the world. I'm not like one of those artists who holes up, although I should be, I should be making more uh, work in a cave, yeah. but I, I love getting out there and being part of events and stuff. So, yeah. Awesome, man. And you're in New York city. So anybody listening, hit them up. Yep. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to travel more, but yeah, New York city. Where do you want to travel to? everywhere tokyo yeah. 
Texas. I was in Phoenix for Comic Con earlier this year. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you're San from Diego New York. last year. Yeah, you're from New York, right? Born and raised. Okay, cool. Yeah, the, the world. It's crazy. I'd imagine being from there. You're like, dude, this is everything. But then you go out and you're like, oh wow, there's a lot more stuff too. So, yeah. Anyways, you're in a good place. But awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you jumping on this call, having this conversation. Um, a lot of really yeah, good th- tidbits. Thank you, awesome, thank you so much. Cool. Look yes, forward sir. to seeing we'll you. Talk to you later.